0: Hello universe, up with the darkness are we, because it is only uh, 5, what time is it? 5.10, yeah, 5.10, 5.11, 5.11, it's 5.11 for all you accuracy nerds, of which I am sort of one, but certainly not about time. Um, Well, why am I up at 5.11 in the morning? That is a very good question. Mostly because I can't sleep. And it's fucking freezing. It's April 6th. And the low last night was... Hang on, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up in real time so we can share my disappointment as it occurs. Sorry, it's only 510. I forget that that, my recording phone is a minute fast. Now it's 511. Look at that. We relived that moment. Oh, thanks, universe. I love playing. Repeat. Repeat. Replay. Repeat. Replete. Okay. I didn't mean any of that. I'm obviously, what am I, two hours or something sleep? If that, I could not sleep. I don't know why, just insomnia. But, actually, I do know why. And that's part of what I got on to talk about. But we're starting, what did I get on to? Oh, yeah, looking up the temperature. Damn, how many times you pick up your phone and go, what the fuck did I pick my phone for? I do that all the time. All right, moving on. Today's or last night's low, which we're probably experiencing in real time right now at five in the morning, was why you give me this? (sighs) Thanks, stupid Android Chrome. Okay, now we've warmed up to a robust 28, uh, and uh, we will be hitting 21 degrees at 7 a.m. Fuck, so it's getting colder right now. It's going to be 23 at 6 a.m., 21 at 7 a.m., and then it'll jump to 25 at 8 a.m., and 31 at 9 a.m. So we'll we'll crack freezing by 10 a.m. with 37 robust degrees on April fucking 6th. I am sick of this winter. I want it done now. There's no more cold weather that we can tolerate. Seven fucking months... Anyway, welcome spring and summer. You will be oh such good friends of mine. Because uh, I now, well, hmm, boy, do I vacillate on whether or not I should quit my job. Because financially, it puts pressure on me tomorrow. And I'm still working tomorrow, so that sucks. Because... um. I just, I don't know how much uh, output my life will need with what I plan to do. And since what I plan to do is going to be core, fundamental process within the podcast, I'm not going to spoil it or even explain it. I'm just going to go do it and then talk about it because that's what I do well, talk about shit. So, uh, is that what's keeping me up? Yeah, some of it. The financial panic hit last night when I realized that it was going to be 19 degrees or whatever, and that meant another two to three hundred dollar heating bill in April. <laughs> uh, that'll be a first. In fact, I'll bet that triples the largest April bill I've ever had. So, you know, shit's just more expensive. Like, it's not as easy to quit your job and eat yogurt and peanut butter for two months and basically live for 200 bucks that almost doesn't exist anymore so i may have overshot the dot as they say at the crafts table or no they say overshot by a dot because you were looking for five but we rolled a six and you over there looking for six uh we just rolled a seven so you're now broke and have no money that's how gambling goes if you're addicted it will take everything you want And make you feel sickened. So, I don't recommend you go gambling more than once or twice. Because if you go a third time, you might go a 333rd time. And then you ain't going a 334th time because nobody will give you any money. You borrowed as much as you could. So, for a truly addictive personality, like you know you've got one, like I did, for instance, at about the age of 28. uh, Stay away from casinos. They'll fuck you over. You cannot beat them. They will beat you. That is great advice to anybody with an addictive personality, including two guys I work with. But I've never said that to them, but I might say it on my way out the door. Uh, Not that it'll help. If you're on that train and you're already about to cash your last paycheck to go to fucking casinos, uh, all I can tell you is don't. Uh, Stay home. Stop now. You're going to stop after you lose that last paycheck. Or you can have a little money. You're going to lose it. So stop. Just stop. The only thing you can do to win is quit going. And it's amazing how quickly you can recover your life a little bit because you quit losing all your fucking money. Trust me. That's your biggest problem. And it doesn't stop until you do. I beat gambling by myself, by losing all my money, so I know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I will never think going to a casino has value for me ever again, because it doesn't. I'm too addictive to be in those places and not give them everything I own, so I don't go to those places, or that's what I do. Now, that didn't keep me up all night, that was just a public service message presented by Dave. If Dave ever shows up for work, I will make him do all the public service announcements that day. Until then, playing the role of Dave will be Carl. Now, back to John. All right, it's 5.16 now for anybody keeping track of the time. And I think I figured out, finally, a framework in which to create a stand-up comedy routine. Like it's a simple one too. In fact, it's so simple I got to go check and see how much it's been mined over, because I I could just be thinking of something Saturday Night Live did four, three, and two years ago and is beaten to death by now, and I just never have watched. Who knows? I mean, first of all, a that's impossible. This idea is timeless. It has nothing to do with current pop culture, so Saturday Night Live's irrelevant. Uh, B. uh the concept is very unique to me. Like, it's a personal concept. So if you're doing it, then you're going through what I'm going through. How many people are going through what I'm going through? Fuck, I don't know. But I don't think a lot. Which is part of the charm of the entire idea. Um, not to mention that, of course, that makes me essentially the uh, the target for all of the humor. Which I think, I've been trying to, One of the things that bothers me, really does bother me. In fact, I will point this out in real time because I just, hmm, I find it ill-conceived. And that is humor at another's expense. Making fun of someone. What Donald Trump does to handicap or differently abled bodies. It's it's not funny. It is appealing to the 7th grade male audience with an in-joke that you know they will laugh at, but aren't aware enough overall to realize that only they are laughing at it. And junior high is a tough fucking time. Because that's when kids turn brutal. Whenever, to me, <laughs> uh, I went to the Tarantula, or what, what, I went to what's called the Butterfly Pavilions here in Broomfield, Colorado. That's the northwest region of Denver. Very drivable because I went with my coworker, Brisa, who's a, a well, we could call her a bug chick, right? She definitely digs bugs and she's a chick. Meaning she likes chickens. Uh, Not meaning that at all. But she does like chickens. She raises them. So, Brees is an interesting human. Lots of value in terms of uh, 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 co-piloting a mission to the Butterfly Pavilion. Especially when it came to tarantulas, which she's owned as pets, so has quite a repertoire of information. Compared to me who thinks... You know, my sister used to knock those off the porch in Roma, Texas, when she was teaching for Teach for America. But other than that, I don't really know anything about them, but I I don't want to be near them. And so, having seen tarantulas only in zoos or exhibits of that sort in my life, which is probably including maybe five times I've seen a tarantula actually alive. um, Are they in pet stores? I guess they must be. So maybe I've seen them in the pet stores. Let's say 15 times or even 10. I don't go seeking them out at Walmart to find the tarantulas, that's for fucking sure. But um, I had intended to go to this particular exhibit to handle the tarantula, or at least to put a tarantula in my palm, and somewhat uh, face, I don't want to say face the fear of spiders, because I'm really not afraid of spiders at all. I don't kill them, I don't, jump at them, but I do live in a house infested with black widows, so I've had to face the spider fucking uh, real uh, sensibility uh, in my own living situation to the point that it brought up all my old fears from being a kid, because as a kid, I had one nightmare at least a few times. And remember it vividly still that I was being attacked by spiders. And it would start in the dream that I was in some circumstance and they were just falling all over me and crawling all over me. And I was just covered in spiders, which would wake me up in terror. I'm a three or four year old at this point, maybe five. And I am, oh, I am five because I definitely remember one of them happened in the new house. So I'm four and five as these are happening. I wonder if moving had anything to do with it. Maybe. It's odd that that's at the transitional time. But whatever. The spiders, as I'm waking up, come to life. They're in my room. They're in the hallway. They're everywhere. I'm seeing spiders everywhere. And I'm sure it's just shadow effect from darkness or whatever. Because it's dark. Um... But I go screaming into my parents' room, the spiders are after me, the spiders are after me, the spiders are chasing me, whatever I'm yelling. And jump into their bed for protection. And once I'm in their bed, I'm fine and fall right asleep. Almost back to sleep, as it were. And as a kid, I was a sleepwalker. I used to get up and go walk through the house. Um, So me being an active sleeping child was the norm. But the nightmares are really one-offs. I can't think of nightmares I've had in my life that aren't of two specific categories. The spider dreams as a toddler. We'll say a kindergartner. But, I mean, I didn't have them past... I don't even think I had them as a kindergartner. I really think this is like the summer of 74 that these dreams happened, in the spring of 74. And now I wonder if the moving did have anything to do with it. Whatever. I'll think about that and get back to it. But the only other... And to call this a nightmare is a little unfair, but the shark dreams that I've always associated with seeing the movie Jaws way too young at the age of six, um, they were a persistent force in my life. I would have them almost as anxiety dreams uh, with whatever my reality was serving up. Um, And then once I conquered those, that was the key to lucid dreaming for me. So in some ways, I've always thought the shark dreams weren't just, they weren't nightmares. Because you, you just, I mean, sometimes I would get attacked by a shark waiting in a dental office or whatever. Like they were absurd, but they were very real because I would watch myself get eaten by a shark. And, but because they were absurd enough, that was the trigger that allowed me to pull myself out of them entirely. And the one that I actually first got lucid in was a very beach, open, uh, Jaws movie scene. Like of all the shark dreams I ever had, that was the one that was the hardest to know if I was dreaming. Because it was as real a shark attack as you could experience until I realized I was dreaming, and then I laughed my way through the rest of it. And that was essentially the last shark dream I ever had. I've had one more since then, but that one I think was related to a breakup. So, um, I don't really have nightmares. In fact, I don't have stressful dreams at all. I go into my dreams expecting to be A, the star of the show, B, calling the shots, and C, having a great time. Um, Or, none of the above, some of the above, one of the above, and a whole lot of wisdom coming at me. I get slapped upside my head in the dream world all the time. Characters are constantly telling me I'm fucking things up, I'm behind, I'm not doing things right. Like... (laughs) I expect in my dream world, wisdom dreams, the ones where people are telling me shit, to be at fault, in fact. So it's every other dream that I take over and have almost candy land at my disposal. But when I'm being put in my place, yeah, I I endure. Okay, I've talked about nothing I think I wanted to talk about when I woke up. Because what I really woke up thinking about are time concepts. I've been struggling with the, the knowledge that incremental forces moving at such pace that they're almost imperceptible are a huge influence in how the universe functions. In other words... The things that are moving at a pace that we would call geologic, well, when they actually have incidents, they're massive. Because those forces build up over millions of years, allegedly, theoretically, according to some research and, uh, and theorizing in science. It's hard to know what could set off a flood that is described in most myth and lore of civilizations across the globe. Whatever that was, that was wet, and it was widespread, because everybody was in on it, and everybody talked about it. When when you think... That outcome is so absurd that it, it just has to be word of mouth, exaggeration, telephone game, all the way to the end of, wait, what did he say? You mean when the swimming pool burst and the fish all fell out? Yeah, it was floody, but it wasn't like a cataclysm. Or was it? Because when you start looking for evidence of huge, massive floodwaters washing across planet Earth? Well, they're everywhere. Literally. They are everywhere. As are electrical current distributions of matter and mass, which is another weird phenomenon. I don't ascribe anything to what that could potentially even result from. The wind? I don't know. Maybe. But... You look for washout, well, that's easy to spot. I mean, we all know what it looks like because it happens in our garages. It happens in our driveways. I mean, fuck, we see washout everywhere. Water's everywhere. And everything gets wet. So when shit gets wet and flooded and dries, well, you kind of get to know what that shit looks like. So when you start thinking, okay, we got a lot of water on the planet. That's not the issue, I guess. There's enough, right? The oceans are huge. They're 75% of the planet. So, if sea levels were not necessarily rising, but shifting, well then, holy shit, right? That would be shocking. The kind of shocking that when you really let it set in, like you get back to it a couple months later and think, wait, that idea was ludicrous, but fuck, man, I haven't gotten rid of it yet. Why? Well, that little plateau, that's the plateau I want to talk about today. Because I think, unlike planet Earth, which, if we're being fair, you should look at in time spans of thousands and millions and billions of years, Potentially trillions. Um, it's, it's appropriate. But you don't want to look at a human uh, teenage lifespan in that capacity. You'll miss everything. And <clears throat> I, uh, I've been trying to use the, hmm, the overly analytical side of my head to slow things down like find the mega forces in my life that are inching along enough that if i look for them i'll see their signatures but dedicated looking is necessary in this circumstance to find true forces of the nature i want to find like um boy i do not want to mention that one but I don't want to mention that one either. Let's just say arriving at a major crossroads isn't easy. In fact, it's nerve-wracking as hell. Because you're going to have to make a decision, and you're going to move forward with that decision, and you're going to live with that decision. Going into that circumstance, I've always wanted as much mind-free time to ponder the outcomes that are available. A lot of people don't waste their time doing any of this because what can you do? Fucking live your life. Things happen, then you live your life some more. Other things happen. I get that. In fact, I aspire to that level of Zen-centeredness, but anxiety in America, that's a tough thing to shed, at least entirely. In fact, I guess quitting my job creates anxiety, but Staying at Home Depot creates anxiety, too. Low levels on both fronts, if we're being fair. But still, I don't really have any anxiety. My family, maybe a little bit, but that's just come and go. Um, uh, Cat health, I guess. Um, Personal cleaning project crisis mode is a little stressful. But all my laundry's done after the last load here, so not that stressful. Uh, yard work. But, you know, I might get two days off and it's fucking 30 degrees and snowing. Yay. It's April. So, uh, the cold fucking weather. That is the biggest stress of my life right now. Huh. And has been probably for fucking seven months. Goddamn cold. And that's mostly my fault. Because, you know, everything's my fault. But this one... I should have fixed that logic board on my fucking uh, uh, furnace in October when I was telling myself to do it. Because getting it done in November and December when the boards weren't available? What do you know? Um, So, yeah, I fucked that up. And have been living in space heater hell ever since, in the coldest winter on record for the last, like, 75 years. So, a little stir-crazy have I gone, as evidenced by every recording... Including this one I've ever done. But <clears throat> I did not get on to talk about that. Although there is another concept. I mean, think about this. I just realized that the biggest stress of my life is the cold weather, which is true. I can hands down call that right without having to think about other stresses because that is number one. But I hadn't realized that till, what, 45 seconds ago. So there's a perfect example of how something incremental that you're not even really noticing because it becomes part of your routine almost is stressing you out. No breaks in cold weather for over 60 days. We never saw 60 degrees. We had the longest stretch in Denver of, of not reaching 60 degrees in the history of recorded temperatures. The one inside secret about Denver... Is Yeah, we get snow, but we get sunshine a day or two later that melts it all away. Denver's a very sunny state. 300 days of sun means a whole lot of warmth. We we have golf days in January, 8 out of 10 winters. And if we don't have golf days in January, well, we did have them in December and we'll probably have them in February. This year, I haven't played golf once. Now... There have been about six viable days to go play golf. The courses, and I'm speaking into, say, mid-March. Because there have been a few more since then. But you're still playing with snow on the fucking ground, which is annoying. But the point is, this is the coldest winter I can remember ever in Colorado. It's been fucking cold. And I play a lot of tennis. So when I can sneak out to play tennis because it's been 50 degrees for a week happens all the time, but it didn't happen this year at all. In fact, the very first time I could get out to play tennis was in February, after not playing since October. I don't think I've ever gone that long of forced not playing. I could have gone to indoor courts. That was my one option. So, uh, it's things like this, that now that I've identified how aggravated the background noise of my life has been because of the cold weather, well, it's just one more thing to look forward to changing for the better. And I think if you want to build momentum about your life getting better, you really want to have these major forces that move and, and certainly take a long time to adjust and, and move a different direction. But when they're moving without you thinking about it, if they're positive they're having a huge impact for you in ways that once recognized i think can even be leveraged further so i'm trying to i'm trying to get away from complexity in thought and have my simplest thoughts possible for at least the next 4 or 5 weeks if i think something is uh, is becoming too Convoluted, I'm going to disregard it entirely and rethink something. I really want to try to be as elemental with what my next few hmm, weeks of work will look like. That it's like almost starting uh, basic training in the Army after having a 20-year career or something. I just, I feel like I need to go back to elementary school and and make sure I caught everything that was there to be caught, or something. And and I think, <laughs> I actually know exactly where this is all coming from, because the Butterfly Pavilion is a very unique offering here in Colorado. It's a mini zoo of insects, and water uh, living scapes. Seawater and other anemones, and things that I guess... Uh, what would lump those in, that they're arthropods and the living environments in which they exist? Probably. To be honest, I didn't read all the, uh, the computer-integrated uh, screens, and I mostly stuck to the wall where I could let six-year-olds run around. And i got to say, if you're going to go to one of these places, you want to talk about uh, feeling out of place, go as a 53-year-old man with a 22-year-old female coworker in a house littered with children. And don't bring a child and don't be related, at least not obviously. And you will start to get some parents looking at you like, uh, what the fuck? At least I felt that vibe a lot yesterday. But uh, that just lets me know uh, that when... Brisa and I are going somewhere, we are bringing more people. And we're not running a kid either. Though yesterday, running a kid, I would have almost considered. That's how many kids were in this place. But fantastic. And Brisa's first introduction to the Butterfly Pavilion was as a kid. It was an elementary school field trip, which it should be. Um, And I'm sure that's what we were running into today, along with a whole bunch of parents that were uh, having fun days with their kids. It was such an uplifting experience, including the 18, 19, 20-year-old woman who helped me hold Rosie the tarantula, of which there are 30, so I guess I probably have, I'm guessing Rosie 17 if I have to pick, or Rosie 29, I mean, if we're going to go extreme, but nonetheless, I had a tarantula in my hand, which it's not that big a deal because I've watched a lot of science television as a kid and that shit's loaded with kids handling tarantulas. So it's not like I even felt apprehension toward it, but it's still a huge fucking hairy spider in your hand. And there's no getting over that, especially as you're looking at it completely exposed to its back uh, hair darts that it flicks at you, as well as its... uh, Fangs that can bite you and at least cause you some serious discomfort for a while. Um, yeah, it it felt like basics. Like maybe as a fourth grader, somehow I missed handling a tarantula. And, uh, you know, maybe if the tarantulas get conquered as a fourth grader, the sharks don't even appear when I'm a sixth grader or whatever. year it was that I first had a shark dream. Actually, those were definitely elementary school. That was like fourth, fifth grade when the sharks started appearing in my dreams. No doubt. <laughs> Boy, when they started, they were so real. Boy, did they, they? would. I would wake up. This was before I could sweat. But I would wake up panting and then go right back to sleep. And the next dream would never be a shark dream. In fact, when I was a kid, I only had them maybe three or four times. By the time I got to high school and college, late high school, this is why i can always thought of them as stress dreams, because these were stressful years academically. But uh, especially college and uh, the last year of high school. I could have them twice a week at that point. And by the end of college, I was learning to conquer them and conquered them sometime when I was living in Portland. But until I finally could... Tell myself, I'm just dreaming. Well, every night going to sleep, I'd have to say, I wonder if tonight I'm going to die in a shark attack. Hello, universe. Well, uh, what do you know? Uh, it is exactly 22 minutes since I stopped the last recording, and already, I think I have something to talk about. Whatever. Um. Well... The way I title my episodes is simply the last thing I said. However, in the last episode, I ended it with talking about my shark dreams when they were really happening frequently. Uh, I would oftentimes fall asleep with the nodding off thought of, I wonder if tonight I'm going to die in a shark attack. And that is the final sentence of the episode. I wonder if tonight I'm going to die in a shark attack. So, do I title it as such with the entire sentence? Or do I lead in with an ellipsis that says, Tonight, I'm going to die in a shark attack. Now, yeah, this is clickbait. I get it. And this is bullshit. I get that too. So, of course, I'm not going to do the latter. However, the number one most downloaded episode in my entire repertoire is the one where I cut myself off early saying it's hard to say hard when I meant to say it's hard to say harder than you thought or something. But I cut myself off exactly at the end of hard. So that episode got named It's Hard to Say Hard. And uh, believe it or not, wait, is that even what it was named? Shit, now I gotta go look up because that doesn't sound right. Uh, but it probably is. Hang on, I will go. Hey, let's go see if uh, anybody in uh, Vermont or uh, Wyoming downloaded the podcast, or we could not do that. But let's find the podcast first. Here it is. If you're looking for the podcast on Spotify, just type it's all my fault, you'll find it, and you can become uh, one of my uh, well. Let's say I don't believe Spotify's follower numbers because they seem inflated. But uh, the episode we're looking for is episodes. Um, wait, let's be a little bit more uh, not so old with the phone. Hard to say hard. Hard to say hard. Yep. I don't even know what's in that episode. I put it out March 1st, right after I put out something called It's Time for Me to Save Something. Uh, if I remember right, put together, those are actually pretty interesting episodes, along with the one behind them, it'll find me in a pair of Stegmans, where I actually get irony correct. But, is now a good time to go through that? Probably. Talking to myself in separate voices is not a sign of of my delusional schizophrenia. Just to address my mental health, it's solid as a rock, unfortunately. Um, And I'm admitting to some crazy shit in my recording, so you may have a different opinion. But I've never been more lucid, more coherent, and more uh, direct in my purpose and dedication to the tasks at hand. I'm functioning at the highest level maybe of my life. Uh, and doing so uh, with both a spiritual and intellectual take on where I'm headed. I feel complete in a way that I'm almost unsure about sharing, because I don't know how to tell you to feel this good, but I feel great. My life's great. I am so happy to be me. It's a little embarrassing. So... Um, to think that I'm unable to explain the transition from not wanting to be here at all to hoping I get as much out of this lifetime as possible. Boy, I don't know. I really don't. Like, I'm still stunned by it. How the fuck is this my new reality? This isn't where I was headed a decade ago. And I didn't really do anything to make the ship turn this way. I'm not saying it's all happenstance because I've had a lot of directed energy and effort pursuing things now and unknowingly in, say, the six, seven years prior to now until today. And before that, well, at my darkest moments, somehow I still thought I had it in me to turn my life around. But what had to collapse for that to happen was for my life to stop expecting to look like what the great American folktale life looks like. That's just a lie, or it's a lie to me. It may be exactly the truth you're here to live and I hope so, go embrace it. Because that is easy to go get. Just do what you're told around here. Um, And you can pretty much, as a white uh, American middle-class dude, you can pretty much walk into it. Because I did. And I hated it. And I'm not saying it's a smart idea to quit your job with Less than $2,000 in your bank account and nothing at all as a prospect of what you'll do next other than go heal the universe. This may not turn out to be my wisest moment or at 628 on the recording, perhaps this 54th year of my existence will in fact be the year that I do heal the soul of the universe But I know this, if I stay at Home Depot, I ain't going to be healing nothing. Okay, it's been, uh, what, 11 seconds since I last recorded? I ended the last one terribly. I have been gratuitously using Ain't for like 36 hours now, as if I'm trying to bring it into my lexicon, which I'm not. Plus, I forgot to look up if anybody had uh, downloaded the podcast over there in Vermont or Wyoming, and I thought, well, that's the one thing you're probably interested in, so let's check it out. Um, oh, I have to refresh my analytics because, you know, it's been overnight. Uh, I have to log in. We may not be doing this. Um, I don't want to end with either statement now. Addressing them makes it Pointless but the true conundrum of the title that was the shark title I really haven't had that before and I've thought about it actually I've had enough of a of a break to decide should I go with that break or that break but it doesn't change the inherent meaning of the title this one was one of the few where red in full oh wondering about dreaming off a shark attack in dreamland are you Read otherwise? Uh, is this guy planning to get attacked by a shark? I mean, well, yeah, I'll download that. All right, I tacked on so many parts at this point. I'm tacking one more on because I was going to uh, have this be the lead to the next recording, but it's more interesting to get it in here because I think one of the reasons I was a little hyper aware of uh incoming energy, which I probably was misreading if we're being fair. Brees and I are very good friends. We don't come off as we're on a date or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is, especially in an environment where elementary school children are the preferred age, people are on the lookout for creeps at all times. All times. And I am hyper aware of that Because I fit the profile of a creep, a single 53-year-old white male does not hang out at playgrounds. It's not a smart move. That is not a place I have any interests. So you'll never find me there. And if I am there, other than to maybe enjoy the sun on a bench to read a paper, something as innocent as that, for a single event in my life... Well, then, yeah, why are you back at the playground, old man? What are you doing over there? It's a legitimate thought to have. And, and yet, of course, I want to see a world where that thought doesn't exist. But in a world with broken people, well, got to look out for your own, right? Especially the young. In fact, haha. <laughs> My own creep meter is going off in those circumstances. I'm not so sure uh, that uh, all the employees uh, had passed the appropriate background checks. And I'm not here to try to uh, cause anyone distress or throw blame on an environment that was so wholesome and educational, it was like PBS itself came to life. So there's no taint here, and no double entendre on taint either. But if, if if I ever want to have a podcast that's not interesting, well, it should be one that talks about kids. I have no kid interaction other than the kid interaction I had as a kid. As an adult, I have no nieces, no nephews, no young cousins running around. I got none of that. The closest I get to uh, what would be considered uh, caring for a child is caring for a dog and a cat. That's literally as close as I get. That may not be even in the same universe in your world, but in my universe, yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, you could change them both out and give me one kid. That'd probably be a fair trade, right? Of course I'm kidding. I see parenthood as the kind of challenge I was never really up for, either morally or spiritually or collectively. Um, So trust me, I think the undertaking is an enormous effort, one I clearly was not built for. That angst is gone in my life, but through my 30s was palpable and frankly was more distressing to me than the fucking weather because it wasn't so fucking cold then. But that's not even why I opened this up for one last addendum. No, the last addendum here is reading the literature about the bugs. The role of the male in uh, arthropod life is essentially to get big enough to grab the female in a position she won't threaten your life while you mate with her in a variety of invasive, uh, frankly, what looked to be not fun or comfortable capacities, and then get the fuck out of the picture. In fact, female tarantulas live to be uh, 25, 30 years old at times. Males live to be 8 to 10. And I, I can't tell you how many of the bug displays emphasize the fact that the males were there to uh, essentially win the female's favor, impregnate her, and get the fuck out of there. Which, I'm sure if you're a woman listening to this, well, first, why are you listening to this? But two, that's probably a good plan, right? I mean, uh, I don't know why women would want men hanging around other than for sperm myself, but whatever. On with the culture, as it were. The, the bug kingdom is about survival. The bug kingdom is about constantly working at a life that's nothing but hardship. The bug kingdom keeps it real. keeps it so real that I started thinking, well, what kind of effect does this have on your brain if these are the sciencey, blurbs you're reading on your field trips at the age of 678. I'm not saying it was inappropriate at all. But I'm saying back to the basics. What basic formation of thought is so back in my youth that I think it's the way I'm I'm composed, but it's much more likely, it's the way I was orchestrated. I don't think of uh, S and M or any of the any of the kinks as attractive. I really don't. I'm a huge fan of regular old sex, and have never ever thought it should be more. Uh, uh, um, uh oh, insect like ever. And in the insect world, um I don't think that survival and uh and life in their natural habitat uh is anything but a constant battle. So the idea that you throw mating into the battle scene of survival? I mean, it has impact. I may be overestimating how much, but it has impact. And uh, actually, you're going to hear the last uh, segment after this one. I'm apologizing for that, because normally I like to end my episodes in a way that is sequential. But I kind of like the title of the last one, and this is all butchered, so... pause. Uh, turns out I lied. I didn't put the next segment on. You already heard it. It was the one before that. These have all been in sequential order because my integrity demands that I don't fuck around because the title's better. I mean, what? A, how do you sell out to yourself? How do you do that? Well, you just watch me do it. So here's the end of the episode. Download it if you want to.